The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. They're the second most commonly prescribed medication in Canada, we're told. Uh, Proton pump inhibitors. They're used to treat acid reflux. Wondering, have you been on them? I have. Um, Well, doctors are now warning that millions of Canadians are taking them for too long, and that ups the risk of health-related side effects. Todd Procknow is the president of the Alberta Pharmacists Association and a working pharmacist in Sylvan Lake. Todd, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right, tell us about uh, proton pump inhibitors. I mentioned that they're usually used to treat, I think, acid reflux. That's what I was on them for. How do they work? Yeah, so um, proton pump inhibitors, or they're commonly referred to as PPIs, are medications that, as you pointed out, are most commonly used to treat symptoms of acid reflux or GERD, which is is a very common condition. Um, Now, they also can be used for some other things as well. So some serious types of of conditions that affect the esophagus, for example, Mm -hmm. or sometimes to help protect the stomach from um, um, people that are at a higher risk of a stomach ulcer. So, but most commonly it is acid reflux and essentially how they work is by just reducing the amount of acid in the stomach. And by doing that, they, they help um, prevent, you know, that excess acid going up that, that causes acid reflux and heartburn. So were you surprised uh, to see this, uh, this report and uh, these, these news reports that, that came out in the past 24 hours saying that um, a lot of us, millions of Canadians, um, are using these drugs for too long and risking uh, health side effects? Um, definitely not not surprising to me. I mean, as you mentioned, I am a working pharmacist, and mm-hmm. we see, we see these drugs uh, a lot, and they're used a lot because because of how common this condition is. Um, but it is something that has kind of been on, I think, the radar of pharmacists and physicians over the last few years. Is that what's happening is a lot of people are are prescribed these medications to treat symptoms of acid reflux. Um, and then they're kind of, you know, they continue to take them and continue to be prescribed them for sometimes years to come. Mm. Um, so one of the, the issues is, is we want to make sure that people are using um, these drugs for kind of the shortest possible duration, like really any medication if it's not necessary um, we don't want people to be taking them. And, and the, the main reason is, is we think there are some potential long-term negative um, effects with the use of PPIs because, you know, that, that suppression of the acid in the stomach could, for example, make it harder for your body to absorb certain nutrients like calcium. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, and for those of us uh, and those of you listening who've been on this, you know how awful GERD can be or, you know, acid reflux. I get it like right up in my in my throat. My I know my gastroenterologist said to me, do you never felt heartburn? I'm like, no, I've never felt heartburn. I just feel this acid burning in my throat. These medications, uh, this type of medication helped me for quite some time. But I went off um, these meds because of um, I ended up with something else after afterwards that could be or may not be tied into it if you google it it's seeming to be some sort of link but having said that the acid in your stomach todd what is the importance of it i mean why do we not want to suppress that for too long well it is you know it's the body's kind of way of breaking down essentially food and into the you know necessary components and 
you know, from vitamins to minerals to different nutrients. Um, so that acid is required in the stomach to, to start that breakdown process and to ensure that the body absorbs, you know, all kind of the, the important parts of what mm-hmm. we're eating in our diet. So um, we, you know, you still absorb, um, obviously, food and nutrients when you're taking the medication, but we may not absorb certain nutrients that are important to the same extent. And so that might not be an issue if you're taking the medication for a few months, but Mm -hmm. it could um, if you're on it for, you know, a few years or or potentially even longer. The length of time that we should be taking these sorts of medications, I think it's what, like eight weeks? That's kind of like what the the recommendation is, isn't it, Todd? Well, I know that was um, definitely reported in that article that eight weeks um, is usually for, for somebody that's starting on it would be kind of a maximum. Um, you know, not everybody's able to stop it after taking it for eight weeks. Yeah. So it depends on kind of how maybe bad your acid reflux is. But, you know, one of the take-home messages here is that for people that are taking PPIs for acid reflux, um, they should try to stop them on occasion. So at least one time a year and, and maybe even, you know, every six months. Um, to see if they still need it. Because one of the things that can happen with acid reflux is you can have those symptoms, you can have them really bad for, you know, you know, a few months at a certain age. But as you get older and as your body changes, sometimes you, you don't have those same symptoms. So unless you stop taking the medication, there's no way to identify that you still need it. And so it is important to do that talking to your pharmacist or your physician um, I'm, I wouldn't recommend just stopping a, a medication without discussing mm-hmm. it with them first. But it is um, what we kind of recommend is to try to see if we can go without it, you know, once or twice a year. Because you'd be surprised that sometimes um, it's no longer required. Yeah, you know, and it, we, if you read much about it, you know that there's certain foods that can that can trigger uh, acid reflux and, and GERD. And uh, I know that, you know, if, let's, for example, if we go away on vacation, let's say to New Orleans and we're eating different food and it's maybe spicier, maybe we're drinking more, maybe all that sort of stuff, that can seem to trigger things as well, Todd. For those who, who don't know, and um, I know you have the answer for this, um, Acid reflux and GERD, what is that? You know, in a nutshell, can you explain how that works or, or what causes it? Yeah, so it's essentially kind of like um, that acid that's in the stomach um, essentially kind of coming up a little bit into the esophagus. And so people will experience what is commonly referred to as heartburn from that. Um, and just that acid kind of making its way a little bit higher is very and can be very uncomfortable and it can cause you know different types of symptoms for different people like you yourself mentioned that you had kind of just had that you know that feeling in the esophagus Mm -hmm. but some people might have you know to the point where they're they feel like they're having like a sour burp yeah Yeah. Um, and it is very commonly caused by certain types of foods or beverages like alcohol in the diet um, not not only caused, but sometimes made worse. So if you're prone to it, you know, when you eat a really large meal or, you you know, you have maybe a few drinks or um, some spicier food, then you're definitely more likely to have that kind of acid backup and, and have those symptoms of acid reflux. So, and that kind of, you know, leads into that 
these medications are great and they really are very effective at helping these symptoms. But um, often if you pay attention to kind of what your diet is and when your acid reflux or heartburn is at its worst, um, you can often make a really positive impact by just avoiding certain foods or minimizing certain foods. Well, and I was going to ask you about that too. You know, there's there's talk about eating smaller meals, you know, losing some weight if, if you can and do that. They talk about, you know, quitting smoking and uh, avoid eating before bed. I know that ended up being a real uh, trigger for me as well. Uh, Todd Procknow joining us this afternoon. He is the president of the Alberta Pharmacists Association. He's a working pharmacist in Sylvan Lake as well. Todd, um, number of t- Text coming in wondering about, um, you know, when we're talking about these PPIs, uh, what what names do they go by? Because it doesn't go by PPI on the label, and so I think a few people are wondering right now. Yeah, and they all um, they all kind of end in the same same I guess uh, a few letters. So um, the main ones are known as pentoprazole, omeprazole. Um, or lansoprazole. Yeah. And so they all kind of end in that as all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're, if what I would say for the listeners, I'm sure if you're taking one um, or you want more information, it is just a great, um, the pharmacist is really the great resource to mm-hmm. talk to and just to get that information. You can ask them, you know, am I taking a PPI? Um, should I be taking it still? Should you know? Should I be trying to stop it occasionally? Because um, they can help you kind of work through that. Um, as I had mentioned, there are some people that should should not stop. You know, try to stop taking it. There's some conditions where that's not what you want to do, where the benefit always outweighs the risk of it. Um, but to get those answers, you, you can talk to your pharmacist at, you know, at any time to, to walk you through what you're taking and, and how you should be taking it. Todd, before I let you go, some folks texting in wondering about uh, some of the um, over-the-counter things um, like Zantac and Prevacid, that sort of thing. Um, are, they're, they're okay to take? Yeah, I mean, you know, anything that's... Re- um, treating these symptoms of heartburn and acid reflux are going to reduce acid in the stomach. So um, that is kind of something to keep in mind. But one of the things, you know, when people are taking over-the-counter um, acid-suppressing medications like the Zantac, for example, is you're probably not taking it on a daily basis. Mm. So if you're needing to take something like that here or there, um, you know, that's generally not going to be a problem. But if you are finding that you're having the symptoms on a more consistent basis or you're having to take, you know, some of those over-the-counter medications more frequently, then that's, again, where I would just go yeah. talk to your pharmacist or doctor and see, you know, is there something, you know, better to help you control it? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, is that kind of the answer? So I wouldn't be, you know, you, you got to mm-hmm. take, Tums or, or Zantac after sometimes a big meal or whatever. But, um, you know, if you're having to do it all the time, then it's just good to follow up with a health professional. And Todd, you know, the um, the over-prescribing of, of drugs has been, a, or of medications has been a, a topic and a big topic, certainly in, in North America, uh, in Canada over the past uh, number of years, I think specifically over the past decade or so. Um, 
as you know, in your role as the president of the Alberta Pharmacists Association, I know there's there's different organizations out there that are, are urging, you know, doctors to take a to clo- a closer look at prescribing and, and that sort of thing. I, can you can you speak to what's maybe being done when it comes to you know prescribing some of these drugs? And I, I guess maybe I go to some of the the opioid side. I know that you know my my doctor is certainly um, much more. Um, cautious when I go in, let's say for my anxiety meds, you know, how much he's giving me, all of that sort of stuff. There there seems to have been a real change, or at least I've noticed in the past number of years with um, the ease that maybe some drugs um, uh, were given out. It's tightened up quite a bit. And is that something that's, you know, certainly being directed um, from the Pharmacists Association as well and something that the association is paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. I think, you know, that's one of the main roles as pharmacists that we have is to, um, you know, I guess always ensure that medication that's being prescribed and taken um, is appropriate for the person to take and, and continues to be appropriate. So when, you know, when somebody brings a prescription into a pharmacy to fill, um, the pharmacist is 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 always weighing that risk benefit and and trying to assess if it is in the patient's best interest to get that filled. And although pharmacists are often thought of as as kind of the the drug expert, um, you know, we're often the the professional that's advising to stop a medication because, uh, you know, to your point, um, there there are people that are on quite a few and and, um, have sometimes been, you know, something's been prescribed years ago and somebody's still taking it. So that is one of our main roles as a profession. And um, one of the things, too, for people that are taking chronic medications that um, we're really trying to do as a profession is match, um, you know, each drug to why somebody's taking it or, or what we call the indication. So the purpose of a medication. And it seems kind of like, um, you know, everybody that would know exactly why they take each medication that they do, but that often isn't the case, especially when we're thinking about older adults. Yeah. And um, that's one of the things that pharmacists do, and, and I think we're continuing to put more of a focus on is to try to just ensure that every drug has a purpose and is, is safe and effective for the patient. Yeah, always good to go back and take a take a closer look at uh, maybe what you, what you're putting into your body, maybe what your parents, your older parents are putting into theirs as well. Have that conversation with with a doctor or a pharmacist. Todd Pronk, now thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate the conversation. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. There you go. I love it when Chadville shares. Not alone in all of this. That's the cool thing, right? Yeah, I was on, uh, so a few years back, and that's one of the reasons why I was so interested in this story, and I know a lot of you are taking these meds as well, these proton pump inhibitors for GERD, GERD, oh my GERD. No, not that GERD, uh, just GERD, um, and uh, and acid reflux, and I'll be honest with you, I started reading uh, more about them, and... Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into all, all of the details, but um, I was diagnosed with something after coming off of them that the doctor has no clue how I ended up getting it because I don't meet any of the criteria, but it's linked to this stuff if you go back and take a look at it. And I just looked at it a little bit uh, a little bit more. Anyway, it's, uh, it's interesting. Again, it's important to talk to your doctor and it's important to talk to your pharmacist and always go over that stuff. And yeah, there's a number of... 
other things that can work for uh, heartburn or uh, acid reflux. I know at one point, you know, and everyone, different strokes for different folks, right? So I've heard um, apple cider vinegar was good. If you can if you can stand doing some apple cider vinegar shots in the morning or in the afternoon, um, I prefer different kinds of shots, but then that gives me the, <laughs> that gives me the acid reflux. No, I don't like shots. I'm not in college anymore. Um, but uh, someone else had said, uh, Jay, slippery elm will cure heartburn and acid reflux if you're looking for like a natural thing as well. Hey, I'm just reading what's coming in. I'm going to share these with you. Um, this one says, as a, Crohn's, as, a, as a Crohn's patient, I couldn't go without my prescribed Tecta, whatever the, the medication that uh, this person is on for acid reflux. And, and that's the thing, you know, the, the pharmacist said, you know, talk to your doctor if you need to be on it for long term. That's a different story. There are some um, some ailments that you need to be on this for, for a very long time. Daryl says, I used to use ginger, sna- ginger snaps and ginger sugar baking cubes. It worked mostly. And smoking the legal stuff has helped as well. And this one said, Jay, I had uh, similar symptoms and I went to a naturopath and she put me on um, some sort of, it's a betaine, hydrochloric acid of some sort. She talked about the acid and that sort of stuff and it worked great for that person. Another person said uh, milk. You know, I tried milk. Milk just never really really helped for me. But uh, anyway, again, and and actually the other day, remember we were talking about celery? (laughs) And the celery enthusiasts were out the other day and some of the celery folks told me that um, celery juice also helps with acid reflux. So again, find what works for you. But heads up, you can Google stories. We have a story up at uh, 630ched.com or on our Facebook page.